Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Every hero needs a theme music. Sit on the throne and you can never move it. I hear my destiny is calling. So say hello, so say hello to the champion. Say hello, say hello. All these wins on the field, spiritual. They did that is magic. Welcome to the late show. I be King James version when I'm on the West Coast. So say hello to the champ. We just want our respect. Our organization want their respect. Laker Nation want their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Hey, say hello to the champ. Wise, right? Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. And can you believe that it was two years ago today in the bubble that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they led the Lakers to the franchise's 17th title, their series against Portland, Houston, Denver. They were all gentlemen sweeps, right? But game five of their final series against the Heat, it's become NBA lore. It's become a meme. Jimmy Butler slumped over the stanchion after playing all but 48 seconds. And I remember watching as arena workers hauled out the confetti, and then they had to haul it all back when Jimmy Butler made those free throws and forced a game six. But that's where Frank Vogel did what Lakers fans had been clamoring for all year. He went small, started Anthony Davis at center. Davis posted 19 and 15 in the closeout game and route to winning the first championship of his career. But two years, only two playoff wins later, and a whole lot has changed since the Lakers won that title. In fact, did you all know that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they are the only two players left from LA's championship roster. So Frank Vogel is out, Darvin Ham is in. Here's Anthony Davis talking about how Ham taking over has impacted his mindset. The flow we have offensively in the, the is freeness a word? I think freedom. 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 That we have, like too. yeah, the freedom we have offensively. Uh, that's a Kentucky education. Six months of college, you know. Uh, the freedom we have offensively is, uh, is 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 second to none. You know, just go out there and guys get to play. And when you, as a player, when you're able to feel free to play basketball on the offensive end, um, where a coach is like, oh, don't do this and try to limit you to a box, you kind of. Go hard on the defensive end, you know, when he needs you to do something. So AD starting at the five is definitely on the table. It's something that's, that's something that's under heavy, heavy consideration. Again, we want to put our best five out there to start the game, and AD starting at the five, you know, um, I, I think that's that's definitely plausible. Welcoming in NBA champion Richard Jefferson, two-time WNBA All-Star Chanae Agumake. I also want to bring in our resident big man Kendrick Perkins and someone who knows a little bit about the low post. See what I did there? Senior NBA writer Zach Low, Richard. <laughs> that 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 face. Fair. We're here. Here's where I want to start today, though, Rich. Please. A lot has been made of this, right? Anthony Davis at the four <laughs> versus Anthony Davis at the five. Anthony Davis at power forward versus Anthony Davis at center. Tangibly. What's the difference? 
The difference is, is that there's a greater level of physicality that mm. is required to play the five consistently. Think about the fives in this league, Jokic, Embiid, at times, Giannis, you know, you got guys like Steven Adams. You got, you got Aiton. You got some big boys that are playing the five. And even in the last few years, we've seen more teams play with bigger traditional guys. And so when you're playing the five, there's a little bit more physicality that is needed. Mm. Don't forget when they won the championship in 2020, they had um, JaVale McGee on their roster. They had Dwight Howard on their roster, which allowed AD to not have to be as physical and as dominant. Yeah. And then – they went small, and there are certain teams that you got to go small with, i.e. Warriors, in order to beat them. But you got to yeah. play big. Well, and that's part of the reason that we're having this conversation, right? Because Anthony Davis played a preseason game against the Warriors, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, my God, Anthony Davis playing at, at, at the five. Perk, what do you think of this? Well, I think we need to stop overreacting to it because this is a game right now, and I'm disappointed in Richard because he's supposed to be teaching. Right, we talk about evolution. Just because you're a 6'10", 6'11", or 7-footer doesn't put you in a box. And Anthony Davis just got through speaking about freedom, a game, positionless basketball. Anthony Davis is nothing but a big guard that could protect the basket for his rim protection, okay? When you think about his skill set and him being able to stretch the floor, you think about his ability of him being able to push the rock up the floor and be a decision maker at times. We never talk about how he's able to make others around him better. So when I see him, when they put the title on him as being a center, I don't like it because his position is basketball. Aww. Just think about this. Aww. The Golden State... The Golden State Warriors won the NBA championship last season. And majority of the times, yes, Kevon Looney helped out. But majority of the time, when they go small, they're having a 6'6 guy in Draymond Green that's anchoring their defense at the five position. But Big so Kirk, I have this a is where the game is at. I have a question. Do you really care about labels when it comes to the five position? Isn't it more important about lineups? Because I think the key here is that who is he playing with? If he's playing the quote-unquote center, the lineup is what actually is what strategically matters for the Lakers, meaning you're able to play that positionless basketball. You're able to move up and down. And I would say that my answer to differentiate the two is offensively, if you're playing the five, that's great for you know basketball. Mm. What he probably worries about is defensively playing the five, knowing what Richard said, having to deal with all those bangers. And so I don't really worry about these labels of individual, you know, center, forward, all that type of stuff. I think it's more about you play the five, and that's our strongest lineup, Perk. I think that's the most important thing. I got, I got, listen, I want Perk to respond. I got a question for Zach. Mm. Zach, I want to know this. When you talk about doing what you haven't done to get where you want to get, Right. Sometimes you have to do things that make you a bit uncomfortable. Just stay with me here, Jack. My question to you is, do you think Time. the Lakers are most effective when Anthony Davis is the primary big on the floor? Or do you think it's better when they have two bigs on the floor? Look, it's not something they haven't done before. We just went through how that's what they leaned on when they won the championship. They didn't just lean on it in that game. They leaned on it in the Houston series. They leaned on it whenever the going got tough. Let's talk about what we're actually talking about here, and that's this. The Lakers know, we know, <laughs> everyone knows, you can't play Russ, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and a traditional center at the same time. There just isn't enough space on the floor. Even though the Lakers centers are okay jump shooters, it's not going to work. So you have two choices. You One, you start Anthony Davis at center, or two, and I'm sorry if I'm being radical here, you bring Russell Westbrook off the 
bench, start more shooting, so then you can leave AD at the power forward. And to your point, RJ, he won't get exposed that way to so much banging and physicality in the regular season. We know he's injury prone. We know they got to save him for the playoffs. So that's the discussion we're really having is today said it's about lineups. It's about the all the whole five-man picture. That's what we're talking about here. And and actually have some tape to show people why uh-huh. him playing the five works really well. If we can roll me my tape. Producer oh, you got Blake. tape? I got a little bit of tape you got because I felt like it was important. So defensively, this is exactly what we're talking about. He's capable. I think, you know, a lot of people say he's injury prone. Well, sometimes you worry about the contact, but look at him alter this shot. Bam. Look that's at the extension. Alter. That's blocking it. That's Completely. That's volleyball. That's not basketball. Yeah. Ten feet extension. He's capable to defend the center. I think it's just worried about the bank. But right. offensively, this is your best course of action. Pick and roll knocks down the mid-range. Look at how everyone knows the ball is going to him because it's barbecue chicken. Great spacing on the weak side. They know he's one-on-one. Help defense is there. Still knocks down a mid-range. That's your five. That's your center. And these are my favorite plays for positionless basketball and great lineups. Instead of running to the rim, he runs to the three-point line. Not many people in this league can do this. I think we mentioned Victor Wembanyama. That's why we got so excited because that's what he does. That's what Anthony Davis does when he's healthy and he's feeling confident in his game. So I would say it's just it's just a big conversation about lineups and why this lineup is strategically the best for the Lakers versus identifying this is the specific position I want you in. Well, it could be something where we see Darvin Ham playing Anthony Davis at the five to start a game. Because the thing is, he closed a lot of games at the five, Rich. He closed look, – look. The ultimate thing here, and like Zach said, it's about floor spacing. Anthony Davis can do whatever he he wants. And and to Perk's point, yes, this is positionless basketball to a certain degree. We're not running out there with five seven-footers. We're not running out there with five point guards and saying we're playing positionless basketball. There are still areas in which players have to, like, kind of be in so that you understand the way you're going to run your defense, the way you're going to run your offense, how you're going to do things to close games in the fourth quarter. You have to know where the rebounds are coming from, the block shots, the jumpers, all of that stuff, that makes you have a position. And that's where they are best when he is the primary big to end the game so that he can allow for more spacing for the rest of the guys to work. Okay, Perk, you're our primary big. What do you think? Go ahead. But but see, we keep talking we keep talking about why the who the Anthony Davis is gonna have to adjust and how the Lakers may have to adjust when they play a Jokic or an MB, which he's not going to play them often, right? He played Jokic four times out of the season, MB twice. Sometimes you switch it up to make people adjust to you. Mm. Like, we're not talking about the matchups that they're going to create for us having teams adjust to them. Here's my thing, right? I'm not knocking anything about for us Anthony Davis being being able to so being able to have a clear lane of rolling to the basket, getting a couple easy lobs at the baskets and things of that nature. But all I'm saying is, and he said it out of his mouth himself, he talked about freedom. Mm. Freedom. I need freedom. I need room to operate. Period. Just put me on the floor. I need room to operate. And the position where he has the most freedom is the five. And okay. I think that's just bringing those two worlds together. Uh. So, so <laughs> Zach... Yes? You were saying earlier that you think the ideal situation is that Russell Westbrook comes off the bench. It frees up Anthony Davis. So we're looking at Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves as potentially then filling out that starting five. How do you see that shaking out, sir? 
If I were Darvin Ham, I'd start Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn for some ball handling, LeBron, AD, and a traditional center just to spare AD the banging of a full season at center. Mm. Look, the plus nine minus numbers, <laughs> you ran them before. There's no question the Lakers are better off with Anthony Davis at center. The only question is how much they can afford to play that way and whether they have enough two-way wings to build out those lineups. You might have noticed they took a sledgehammer to the supporting cast of two-way wings that won them the freaking championship two years ago, and that's been a continuous problem ever since. But look, when AD is on the floor with a traditional center and LeBron, there are too many possessions where he's just wasted standing around the perimeter as a floor spacer who doesn't space the floor. These are all the questions the Lakers are going to have to answer, but when the going gets tough in most matchups, he's going to have to play the five at least half his minutes if they're going to be a serious team. And right now, you know, the West is loaded. They got a lot of ground to make up just to get into that conversation. You know, you know, just for everybody at home, you know Zach is fired up. He says, <laughs> yes. freaking. Got, they got rid of all their freaking small like players. A oh, he, he, you know Zach is fired up. Just, just FYI. And it's true. I'm sorry, it's they true. Got rid of, they got rid of all the small, versatile players that allowed them to win a championship. They did it. They brought in Russell Westbrook, and now all they're talking about, we're missing a bunch of small, versatile players. Well, yeah, you got rid of them all. I'm with you, Zach. Can, I ask, can I ask y'all a question? Well, can I, I ask y'all a question? I we guess. keep talking about the physic. We keep we keep talking about the physicality of the NBA, like it's the '90s or the early 2000s. Like we all could we all could agree that the NBA is soft, right? It's more up and down, more fast paced, more scoring. They have taken away the physicality of the game. So when we talk about sparing AD and his body for his banging. The game is about pick and rolls now. It's not too many bigs that are getting posted up and things to that nature. There's only two that I could think of. You have Carl Anthony Towns, but even he's stretching out on the perimeter. So when I think about you guys saying the physicality and the wear and tear on Anthony Davis' body, it's not that many bigs that he's banging with on a night-to-night basis. So he only wants to play the five so he can – or he doesn't want to play the five so that he has more freedom. Now, now we're just using his words, Perk. He's saying positionless – Perk, we can ask. We're only based off of what he says. He wants more freedom. He believes he that the freedom. four – He wants the he four – He said freedom. The, uh, true. The four allows him more freedom, correct? Is that what you're saying? He said he wants to play basketball. Whether it's the him pushing the rock, him well, he doing want, whatever. I, I, I don't want him to play basketball. Free. I want him to win a championship, and they won a championship with him playing the five. Not the whole time, not the whole season, but when they needed to close out, they want they were him at the five. They won a championship. If they want to win a championship, right. they're going to have to see a steady dose of him at the five. That's my opinion. You can write that down. All right, well, get, get, get us off the split screen together. <laughs> Whatever you to... say, Perk, if you say so, then there you go. The, the Lakers will face the Timberwolves tomorrow at 7 o'clock Pacific. Coming up on NBA Today, Cheney on why Jordan Poole is the Warriors' top priority this offseason with his contract extension looming. Bobby Marks will also join us and crunch those numbers. Plus, James Harden and the Sixers. They were in action last night, but it was Tyrese Maxey who stole the show. Stole the show. Say that ten times fast. Once again, perk on his importance in Philadelphia. And we continue our Difference Makers series. Tim Legler dives into Donovan Mitchell's game and his impact on the Cavs this season. NBA Today will be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. He's going to catch it, put it between his legs, and dunk it. Welcome back to NBA Today. We're only seven days away from opening night, but the Warriors, they only have six days to negotiate a contract extension for Jordan Poole before the October 17th deadline. Ramona Shelburne has described what he could be signing as generational wealth, and that is absolutely true. The 28th pick in the 2019 draft, he could sign up to a five-year worth $194 million contract. And to break down all the numbers, we're now joined by our front office insider, Bobby Marks. So, Bobby, I, I just laid out what the maximum contract that he could earn could possibly be. But realistically, what is Jordan Poole looking at here? I, I think Malika, realistically, he's looking at that Tyler Hero contract, which was four years, $120 million, that and an additional $10 million in unlikely bonuses. Mm. I think the big thing is, will Golden State go that direction here? I think at the bare minimum, we're looking at four years or $115 million. Maybe you can add some bonus language there, maybe boost that up to $130 million. But Jordan Poole is going to get paid. It's going to cost Golden State dearly, roughly $27, $28 million per year for him. So why, Bobby, is Golden State looking to make this deal now? Yeah, I think there's got to be a compromise here. I think if you're Golden State, you're looking at next summer when there could be 10 to 11 teams that have cap space. So the Jordan Poole Max on an offer sheet next year is four years, $144 million. So if you get Poole at four years, $120, you save yourself $24 million. That potentially could be in another 80 to $100 million when you look at the, the Warriors' luxury tax bill. So I think there does have to be a compromise. I think for Golden State, you do have to look at what teams have to spend next offseason. So, Bobby, I know that the dates aren't all the 17th, but when you're looking at the contract extensions for the Warriors, right, you're looking at Poole, Wiggins, Draymond, who is the priority going forward? 
Oh, it's Jordan Poole. Mm. I think when you look at, although he could, he'll could, he be a restricted free agent next offseason, I think we laid it out based on where the cost is going to be. I think it's Andrew Wiggins second. And then I think you look at what Draymond Green with that player option for next year. I think there's certainly a priority if you're Golden State to retain Jordan Poole and do it now and not wait. And then I think that shifts the, you know, the focus as far as Andrew Wiggins, who has until June 30th to sign that new that next contract. Bobby Marks, Mr. Money Moves, thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. We will check in with you again as that deadline gets closer. So, we'll remember, coming off just a breakout season, averaging 18.5 points, that's up from 8.8 points his rookie year. So, Janae, let's break it all down because we just heard Bobby lay out his contract extension, but why is he so valuable to the Warriors? Yeah, Jordan Poole is a priority because he's 23 years old. You mentioned it, 19, almost 19 points per game, Mm. shooting 45% from the field and 36% from three. That's a lot of upside in NBA language. Okay, so let's break it down. I want to show you why they love him so much. And of course, this is also a Steph Curry appreciation play because Jordan initiates, but watch Steph. Not many people that are leading the NBA in threes will set a brush screen for your teammate and another screen by Kevon Looney to knock down the three over AD, whose extension we just said was like, what, 10 feet. But this is why people are really excited about Jordan Poole. Three defenders, in and out, beautiful dribble. Not many people have the skill level. Look at this, twist behind the back. Pretty finish. I was so pretty. The word is jelly, right? Don't we love jelly? Jelly, jelly. Jordan Poole. I mean, there's so much upside based on his game, and you just have to love what he's already doing, but also imagine what else is he going to do in the years to come. Right, because the Warriors are in an interesting balance right now, right? On the one hand, they have the Warriors of the past who, who are continuing to win championships as recently as this past year, but on the other hand, they're trying to develop the, the next future. The future of Wait, the next gen. The next, the next gen. Gen X Warriors. And that starts with Jordan Poole. See what I did there? I appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, so there's no denying that Jordan Poole's impact on the stacked Warriors team is just immense, but it's likely that he's going to come off the bench just like he did last year after Clay returned to the starting lineup. We've already mentioned the, hero, the Tyler Hero comp. So, Richard. Hi. Oh, we're on television. My fault. What's ranking. going on, everybody? Let's do so, your top five, six men in the league. So this is a very tough one, especially right now because lineups aren't set. You don't know exactly what these teams are going to look like. Look, Jordan Clarkson, he's won it. He's won it before. Utah, they are not doing anything this year. They are in the tank for Webb and Yama, so he's out, right? I'm going to put Hero. We're going to go weirdly. The defending guy, we're going to go number weird. two. We're going to get weird. So he's, he's going to go number two because I think he's going to have a great year. I'm okay with that. Cam Johnson, I don't know if he's going to stay on the bench. So we're not going to move him at all, right? This is where I like. I think Jordan Poole, to me, is the favorite Whoa. for six men of the year. Now, I'm going to show these other guys. I know you're like, why would you go one yeah. to two? Because we're going to work back this way. I want to talk about some other teams. This isn't about, this is about who we think are going to have impacts. Karis LeVert. Mm. If the Cavs are able to have the type of year that a lot of people believe that they can have, he allows for scoring off the bench. This is a guy that can score 18, 19 a game on a quality team. I think if he has the impact. Who do I think is number three? Right here. Pow. I like it. Pow. Now, again, the reason why we rank this is these are starting rankings because I believe that Powell could win uh, sixth man of the year. If the Clippers go and have a great year, he averages 16, 17 off the bench. I think he could do it. We already know about Jordan Poole. We just talked about him. And lastly, this is the sleeper. Oh. 
No. Bones Highland. Oh. Highland. I'm going with the sleeper because the young guys that always score, again, the Denver Nuggets, right? They got their guy Jamal Murray back. They got Porter Jr. back. You already know about the two-time MVP. A lot of times, six men of the year come off teams that are either a guy that can dominate in scoring for your team being the leading scorer, or you have a guy that, like, comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden starts putting up a ridiculous amount of production. So, these are my guys. I think Jordan Poole should be favored. Tyler Hero, all right. number two, Norman Powell. If the Clippers have the type of year, he will be that guy. Karis LeVert, if the Cavs have that type of year, and then the young guy, Sleeper. If he can come off and have a great year, you never know. Yo, well, that's the a good odds list. makers. The odds makers, Chanae, they actually agree with Richard on this one. Look at That's where he got his answer. I wouldn't Jordan count Brogdon. Cool. I think Brogdon should be started. Followed by Christian Wood and then last year's winner, Tyler Hero. Malcolm Brogdon didn't make your list, but he's on theirs. And then Bones High. I think Brogdon's a starter. Rounds out the top five. Still to come on NBA Today. How much does Donovan Mitchell impact the Cavaliers? Tim Legler is going to break it all down. Do not mess that. NBA Today will be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz to the playoffs every year that he was in Utah. He made three all-star teams and was the highest scorer on a team at different points and had the top offense and the best record in the NBA. So after another postseason, though, where they fell short, the Jazz, they traded Mitchell to Cleveland for a haul of draft picks to an up-and-coming Cavaliers team. So in Tim Legler's latest installment of Difference Makers, and you can see our schedule who we're going to be having this week, he takes a look at Donovan Mitchell and how he's going to move the needle for the Cavs this year. Mitchell, oh, he punches it home. Donovan rises, fires. Oh, Donovan! Oh, Donovan! After five high-scoring seasons for the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers over the summer. This is why he will be a difference maker for the Cavs. Mitchell brings elite scoring prowess and playoff experience to a team that has talented young bigs. Allen throws it up, Mobley throws it down. And an exciting point guard at Darius Garland. His ability to get his own shot from all three areas of the floor is something that will make it easier for his teammates. He also thrives under the pressure of the postseason. He is officially in hot fish grease territory. Which means he can bring valuable experience to a young team that made the play in a year ago. 
gotta settle ourselves down. Stay locked in up here. There is one area Mitchell does need to address, however. His shot selection can be suspect, and he is prone to inefficient nights. If he can learn to be more of a dual threat as a scorer and playmaker, Mitchell has the talent and star power to make the Cavs a team with a much higher ceiling than a year ago. For that reason, Donovan Mitchell is a difference maker. It was the much-anticipated home debut for Mitchell last night as the Cavs hosted the 76ers, Rich. Yes, they did. And watch the bounce, my guy. Look, I'm a big fan of Donovan Mitchell. And look, they brought in Karis LeVert last year, kind of, kind of thinking that he could be that help in scoring. Look, they finished 20th in scoring, 5th in defense. And this is one of the areas uh. that people question Donovan Mitchell. Uh. Could he help them and contribute to the defense? Because you know what? They're going to need some help in that perimeter. But the offense, that is where they need him. Right. They need him. They don't need him to be great. They just need him to be Donovan Mitchell. Well, speaking of offense, Tyrese Maxey has just been on a tear this preseason. Yo, there's certain guys, when you look at him, Jordan Poole, I love players like this that get better year in and year out. When you see teams believe in a person, it's not just because of their performance on the court it's because who they are as people how they prep how they handle themselves as professionals and when I say Maxi has been doing all the things that you want to see from a young player it has been special to watch not only last year but even into the preseason you see he can be he's been working on his game when we had Doc Rivers on our show we asked him whether or not he envisions Maxi starting Ooh. alongside James Harden he said in some situations absolutely yeah 100 percent and look Maxi's one of those guys he could be now if he would have if, if the if the 76ers said he was coming off the bench, I would say that he could be the leading sixth man of, uh, of the year. Candidate. Well, I, I said that he's been on a tear. He's been playing lights out this preseason. 20 points per game on 64% from the field. He's made eight of his 12 three-pointers, a ridiculous 67% from beyond the arc. What are you going to say, Richard? But no one it's, cares. It's preseason. It's preseason. You care about the mindset. You see young how he's players, approaching the game. Young players, he's been in the lab. I just see that. I see that he's been working. That's so, all that matters. All right. If we, if we know, though, that Joel Embiid is the most important and sixer. Zach, where does Tyrese Maxey factor into raising this team's ceiling? Look, I have zero doubt about Tyrese Maxey. The guy is going to be a star. He's going to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. Zero doubt. I have zero doubt that Philly has elevated its supporting cast with P.J. Tucker, D'Anthony Melton, Daniel House, Montrezl Harrell, on and on. The X factor, the thing that's going to take them from really good to championship level is James Harden. Mm. And look, Houston James Harden, he's not coming back. That's over. They just need James Harden to be really good again, to have some consistency to his off-the-dribble game again, to show up when the season is on the line in the yeah. playoffs, when it's 2-2, when you're facing Omelish. They don't need him to be 35-15, and 15, unstoppable, first-team All-NBA. They need him to be all-star level. Is he going to be in that conversation, third-team All-NBA conversation? Is he going to show up when it really matters? That's the X factor because the other stuff – Embiid, Maxi, the supporting cast, it's set. I have no doubt in any of it. You have no doubt like Gwen Stefani. Well, Perk? You're not old enough. Well, for that. I don't I don't consider I don't <laughs> consider Maxi as a as as part of the supporting cast. I actually mm -hmm. think that Maxi is the second option when you no. talk about the Philadelphia 76ers and being hmm. um for them scoring. He's gonna be the second leading scorer on this team. And again, James Harden, I think we all need to take a step back and realize that he has embraced the role of actually playing the point guard position. And I also strongly believe that 
James Harden has embraced and has come to a conclusion that Tyrese Maxey is that dude. We've seen clips with them working out together this summer. We have to start acknowledging that James Harden has made a beautiful transition from being one of the best scorers in the game today to actually wanting to be one of the best point guards in the game today. So mm -hmm. all he have to do is be consistent and knock down those timely shots before us having the offensive firepower, for us who's going to be the go-to guys on the offensive end, it's Embiid and Dennis Maxey. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think when it comes to people you don't have questions about when, with the Sixers, you know Joel Embiid and you know Maxie, they're going to come up and they have that dog in them like Perk loves her, her, you know, all this don't, stuff. Don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I was a little chihuahua. I was a little chihuahua. <laughs> but I will say this. Maxie is crucial. And his numbers were, what, like 17 points per game last year? Mm. Someone else that I'd like to insert into the conversation is Tobias Harris. Same, about similar average, mm. but that's where you need a little bit more of his energy because, Perk, you mentioned positionless basketball all show long. He's the true positionless player for them. And so if he's able to have a little bit more of that spark plug on both ends, and then you pair that with James Harden, James Harden not being the Houston James Harden, which we all understand, and maybe taking a little bit of what he learned in Brooklyn where he led the league or is in the top category with assists, just getting a little bit back to his scoring bag consistently, but also knowing that he has the confidence from that experience. I can really, you know, dime the basketball. If you bring all those four pieces together, you're going to be competing uh, for that one spot, which they were until until things sort of went a little sideways. What, Richard? <laughs> no, okay, so this is my thing about Max. <laughs> Heard that, yes. This, this, is my, this is my thing. He hates when I preach. No, I love it when you preach. Okay, that's My funny. thing about Maxi is if he's going to elevate himself to the second best player on this team, a championship contending team, mm -hmm. that means he's got to be that dude. That dude is a sense that you're calling plays for him to, like, hit game winners. You're calling plays for him to do some very, very high-level things because that's what you expect from, quote-unquote, that guy. That's it, true. It, because, like, look, Joel Embiid might be the guy. But he doesn't right? bring the ball but up every time. he doesn't bring time. the ball up. Yep. Or, like, if you're calling a play and they send a double, then that means that Tyrese Maxey will have to elevate himself. If we're talking about James Harden taking a step back to be a creator, then that means you need a shot maker on the perimeter. And if we're saying that James Harden is going to be more of a playmaker distributor, then you need that shot-making dude hmm. on the perimeter. Because they can double-team Joel. And it Joel. should be hard. They they're going to kick it out. Now, does that mean James Harden goes, or does James Harden kick, pick and roll and then kick it out to Maxie? And Maxie, it's your time to be that dude. So that's what I'm looking for, that what's going to happen with the 76ers. Because Joel Embiid, that you can take away a number one guy that's a big. If you have help around you, you can double-team Steph. If you got KD, if you got if you got Klay Thompson, you can't do that stuff. So if Maxie elevates himself to being that type of dude where it's like, hey, we're going to give you the ball. Go get us a bucket. That's, that's and, special. And, and Malika, you uh, spoke to Coach Doc Rivers last week, and he said it's James Harden, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, said, he said it's James Harden, and he said ideally, and this is a, ideally is doing a lot of work here, I, he's a scoring Magic Johnson. And I'm just going to leave that right there. Okay. Um, here's our next NBA preseason doubleheader on ESPN and the app. Tomorrow, the Nets are in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Timberwolves, they score off against the Lakers. I think Richard's saying that he's going to be Yeah, I'm that doing game. that game. Hey. Hey. Turn up, turn up, turn up. NBA <laughs> countdown gets our coverage started at 7 o'clock. Yeah, Richard. <laughs> Coming up on NBA Today. Kevin Durant, he hit the podium and talked about his relationship with Ben Simmons oh, thus far. Don't oh. go anywhere. We will be right back. I love these. <laughs> these You're watching NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews. I was not one of the eight 
1,000 fans in Brooklyn Bridge Park on Sunday for the Nets practice. But those who were there, they got to see the Nets stars putting on a show. Twitter took notice of this air ball from Ben Simmons. I'm um, seeing Kyrie's not even dressed. Is he Kyrie participating? First of all, that's not even his shot. Had, he just had a, a I child, didn't even notice you know. the shot until like. And it's outdoors. Listen, in, in, in case you're not used to it, sometimes <laughs> when you're playing out there, you know, the wind can move the ball six <laughs> to eight inches it's to the left, bit. to the right. If y'all know what I'm talking about, y'all know what I'm talking Ooh. about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Park, please. Are you okay? Nope. Nope. Nick Fredell asked Kendrick. <laughs> 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 She's gone. She's done. Get it together. Uh, Nick Fredell asked Kevin Durant how he could help get Simmons more comfortable than I am right now in the Brooklyn Nets office. I snorted. I'm not here to be babysitting anybody. Like, Ben knows that if he got a time to be aggressive, go be aggressive. Who gives a with you? If you make it on this, like being, like you being aggressive. You tell me the same thing. So, we always feed in each other that type of energy and encouragement from me, him, to Kai, to Cam. Like, we always talking to each other about, look, we need to be more aggressive. Look to score the ball. I mean, that's the name of the game is putting the ball in the hoop. So when Ben is aggressive to get down here and look for everybody and then put his, you know, put his put the ball in the rim, it's gonna be a plus for our team. So but I don't have to tell him this every day. He knows what it is. All right, so we can't add babysitter to Kevin Durant's resume, but we can add E40 impersonator to Perks. Ugh. All right, uh, Zach, uh, Zach, please help us. What is the best way for the Nets to get Simmons integrated into what they do offensively? Time. Everybody needs to chill on like blacktop air balls and preseason games. Ben Simmons has not played a meaningful NBA game in almost a year and a half. And we're all sitting here fretting over, does he fit? Is it this? How the Just give them some time in real basketball games. It's not going to be that easy, even though they have a ton of shooting around him. The big question for the Nets is, can Simmons and Nick Claxton play together? Two non-shooters. Mm. If they can't, how is Brooklyn be able going to be able to build a good enough defense to get where they want to go, which despite all the endless melodrama that we've been talking about for two years is pretty damn far. If they can't play two non-shooters together because of Ben Simmons' limitations and Claxton's limitations, it raises a lot of questions over how can this team defend well enough to get that far. Yeah, I don't have so many worries about playing both of them together because they're in different areas of the court where you can sort of hide someone in the corner, meaning if Ben Simmons brings the ball up, goes into a pick and roll, you just have to make sure Nick Claxton is in the dunker spot, which for those who don't know, that's the opposite block so that you can create some spacing. I think that it's more so like, you know, as you said, Zach, it's just time and not overreacting. It's going to be super easy to overreact to what you saw in preseason, but the fact of the matter is that it's been 478 days since Ben Simmons, as Zach said, has played meaningful basketball. That's not going to be easy to reacclimate yourself to. So I'm giving them a grace period of a few games to the start of the season to see what they're really made of and also like have that competitive fire which is required to play defense because defense is going to be their saving grace this year. Kendrick? Well, well it's, two th- it's two things. Number one, we they don't have that much time in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is stacked and with the play-in tournament, Every game means something, and that's why I love the play-in tournament. So we don't have a lot of time. And the reason that Ben Simmons is under a microscope is for the simple fact he put himself there. Okay, so when you look at, when you talk about why why we're scrutinizing his every move and why we're watching the preseason, 
because we haven't seen them play. Why we didn't see him play? Because he chose to sit out last season. And the last time that we did see Ben Simmons play meaningful basketball, it was disturbing to watch. So yes, we want to see what Ben Simmons is going to go out there and do. We want to see, we see all his IG posts, the, he's ready for the season and, and a new beginning and all this. Okay, cool. We're tired of hearing the talk from the Brooklyn Nets all across the board. Now it's about to show me. Show me what you're going to do because we are watching. I'm watching. He's, he's going to be fine. Will he be able to contribute what the Nets believe uh, that he can't? That is yet to be seen, obviously, because he's had so much time off. But to Zach's point, defensively, I think he gives them a lot of different options. Like, he can defensively play the five against a lot of fives. I don't want him against Joel Embiid, but there's a lot of fives out there that he could guard. Whether you're, like, let's take Boston, for example, with Al Horford or, or Williams. He can guard those two guys, in my opinion. So, then it's just about what you put around him in that space from a defensive standpoint. Offensive Defensively, I think it's going to be tough to have him in non-shooters because, you see, they can sag off of him, and that will make it tough. I think there's a lot more dribble handoffs with him rolling. If he yep. dribble handoffs with KD, you can't go under. If he dribble hands off with Joe Harris, you can't go under. Kyrie, Kyrie you can't go under. So you look at all of these guys. You dribble handoff, and if you mm -hmm. go under, that's a bucket. If you go over the top, they're now going downhill, and you got Ben now that can roll. And if you drop it to him, he can finish, or he can kick it off to the next guy. So there's a lot of options there that yeah. we're not going to see until we see a lot more basketball. But I have a lot of faith that those options are damn good ones. Okay, so let's wait till we see a little bit more basketball and go from the current Nets to former Net, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. Perk already knows where I'm going with this. This is how he was introduced <laughs> with the Nuggets. Why? It was like this. Why? Oh. from Texas A&M, number six, DeAndre Ayton! DeAndre Jordan! Uh -huh. Oh no! Let me just say this. <laughs> The announcer for the Denver Nuggets is one of the best in the business. That's my guy. It's a mistake. It's the preseason. Preseason pre pre for everyone. Yeah, it's preseason. Announcers, mm -hmm. everyone. But that's my guy. I got to just say, DeAndre was Jordan was one of my favorite players to cover. And his reaction. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. priceless. All right, priceless. coming up on NBA Today, we're only seven days away. So we have seven days to get all the names right from opening day. So we run back the best dimes of last season. See what made the cut and what did not. More Ooh. NBA Today. Ooh, that yes. one has to make it. Drop it down. Drop it down. Welcome back to NBA Today. In Charlotte last night, LaMelo Ball went down with an ankle injury. Head coach Ooh. Steve Clifford said earlier today that Ball came into the arena this morning for treatment. He will undergo further testing and will sit out the team's final preseason game. Uh, uh, Hopefully he doesn't miss too much time beyond that. But what we know LaMelo Ball is known for is just awesome passes. So we thought we'd do a little bit of top of the top dives. And first up, I want to do top Starberry. Tell me, does this remind you, Richard, what? of Stephon Marbury? Oh, Steph Marbury. Oh, oh yeah. That's that New York flair. That's that New York. New York. Throw it. That, well, you know. Yeah, see, yeah. that's that New York. I saw him remember doing that in Phoenix. Was that against us? Yes. <laughs> he learned that from somewhere. 
Talk that noise. Love that. Yeah. Oh, see? Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that wasn't against, that's the not against the that's back That's the, that's the, that's the. Yeah, that one's clean. Ooh. It was a handle that's and then. Nice. The, that's yeah. nice. Look, that's nice. Look, this is what we need. We need a little bit more flair. We need a little bit more fun. Flavor. I, I like it. when point guards pass, not shoot. Well, speaking <laughs> of too. some flavor, well, top nutmeg, Luca. Watch Maxi Cleaver here. Oh, that one's impressive just because of the distance. Usually, like, you're right in front. Yeah. And it was. So I cool. like it because it's disrespectful. That's why I like it. Like, as a Aren't defender. They all disrespectful? When as a, no, 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 no. Like, that pass that, that, uh, that Melo just threw, oh, okay. that wasn't disrespectful. That's disrespectful. I feel like all nutmegs are disrespectful yes. a little bit. Oh, yes, I don't feel yes. disrespected on any yes. nutmeg. Anytime a ball is, goes yeah. between yeah. your legs, it's, it's disrespectful. It's, it's, you can spot eight. Uh, what do we do? <laughs> top five. Ooh, now that was sexy. That that this is under this is one of the more elite passes I think we saw last year. Let's see. Oh he throws, yeah. He throws like a lob yeah. high behind his head. And look, I, look, I understand that they turned over the ball a lot, but that's why they didn't win a championship. But they did have some and sexy the finish, passes. And the finish made it better too. I don't have that in my bag. Um, let's go to oh. top behind the back, Andre Iguodala. I Iguodala. love it when we give love to senior Biggie. citizens. Wow. When we give love to Takes older to people no here. So in this case, we're going to give you love. Yeah, that's amazing. Part of the reason why you had to throw the ball that way is look at this. Ooh, yeah. ew. Well, you sound like Perk. Well, I'm just I'm watching it. Look, look, look at the airline sideways yeah. now. That one's nice. Ew, Andre. A little Andre, top spin. Andre, so please, just, please, Andre, shave it this year, bro. Our 18th Let's year. Let's go let's to the top Hail Mary. You already know what this is. It's just before the buzzer. Steven Adams. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Get out of the way. Yes. Wow. Yes. What a moment. Can we call it a dime? Because the what? I just did. It's I'm a gonna, dollar, bro. I'm gonna say, look, I'm like gonna that. say this. The shot is more important. It's more impressive than the. But pass. I feel like this was the moment where, like, they're here. The shot there was, was more couple, important than yeah. the, more impressive than the pass. It was, but like it took the pass it, to make exactly. the shot. Exactly. It took. What, what was the most impressive pass you got in your? I, yeah, I'm just, most Adams. impressive. I, look, man, I played with Jay Kidd, bro. So there's a, a yeah. thousand of those things. He could have his own. Was one. it? Was it this oh, one? Shoot. Oh, oh, look, standard <laughs> definition. Yeah, that's me. That's not HD. Yeah, this is why the Knicks fans don't. Really, this is why the Knicks fans I don't know, really right? like me. Look at that, cause Jay Kidd. Like this was in the garden. I don't know. We probably went. My eyes hurt at this. Then we went to Then we went to Marquee, and then we, you know, we. We were probably doing some dinners. Marquee? Like, oh, yeah, we were crushing okay. Marquee back in the day. Okay. Yeah. So, NBA yeah. today will be back. Go Nets in, in the garden. <laughs>We have some breaking news here on NBA Today. A study by SEO agency Reboot has determined this that the Prince of Wales has been this dethroned is... as the 2020 hottest bald man. Dethroned? Um, where are you, Rich? This is disrespectful. Yeah, there's no Richard. I have no problem. Look, Shamar, that's my guy. Yeah, let Pitbull, that's fair. Should, that's Stanley, fair. Gucci, Stanley, okay. I love your show on CNN. I love it. Here's the thing. Ben Diesel, yeah, classic. Prince William, I love you, bro. But the, the whole, like, George Jefferson, Prince William, that can't be on the list. <laughs> I, I like, feel like George Kojo yeah, should be number one, Shanae. Oh, Boris Kojo? Yeah, oh, Boris Kojo should be number one. And Boris, we're like twins. Me and what? Boris are twins. I'm so like, shouldn't like Common? Oh, Doesn't Common? No, no, maybe I'm gonna, he was honorable yeah. mention. I was honorable mention. mention. That's fine. We're going to work our way up this list. There is Tyson not a more beautiful Beckford. bald head. Uh, There's we're no actually makeup. forgetting somebody. <laughs> There's Bobby no Marks. Oh, Bobby. No, no, no. He should make the list. Not you, Richard. What's the difference? I think if you have hair, on your side, like Prince, the Prince there, what, yes. you shouldn't be on any list of no, being bald. No, list. That's not bald because he's only half <laughs> yeah. bald. He's not fully bald. 
Come on, we're not giving half credit out here. And look, this is no makeup, everybody. By the way, I just want to say this. I saw Diana Taurasi yesterday at the park, and I introduced her to my little boys. They were so excited. Diana, thank you so much. Okay. Also this, I showed them all of your highlights. They love you. If you guys don't know, go watch some Diana Taurasi highlights. Shout out to my She's not bald, but she is a bad mother. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.